Every art store has every palette, paintbrush, pencil available for the entire public. It does not mean you're going to be able to produce a Picasso. To the dirt show i'm higher peaks and this is lady sativa hey we brought some research back from this weekend uh saturday night we were able to do a reset yeah we were five and a half grams of mushrooms uh decided i guess we were gonna get rid of the kids which we did and we were able to get to the park mm-hmm. take an adventure out in lithia lithia park which is in ashland well we got to walk around the whole town and did in case you don't remember the first part of it. Oh, I remember all of it. I had a great time. What <laughs> about you? Too. Five and a half grams is more than you've ever taken. Yeah, I don't know. It was a lot more motivating being outside. Well, that was the weird part. I think that's at least what I took away from it. My research is that, you know, I'm used to pretty much when I take higher doses that I just stay at home. Mm-hmm. You pushed me out of my comfort zone and we were able to do this whole public thing. I didn't want to be at home. The only thing I really didn't like is when we were by the ice skating rink. There was just there was too much happening, too many loud noises, too just too much. That was a little little loud. It was too anxiety ridden for me at that moment. I was like, no, let's go this way. And we went into a very dark, quiet place surrounded by trees. So Well, that was my concern is that basically uh, if were around people and noises and lights that it was going to be too stimulating it was just there's people and really sharp objects walking around and i i just know in your bubble in my bubble yeah they were right there and like the loud noise of the door slamming and yeah just yeah. too much there overall i had no problems though and like i wasn't overly paranoid about being out in the middle of a dark Not park or anything yeah everything was enjoyable i liked it and like i said five and a half grams and so it was kind of that borderline of where you start getting visuals, but it would they were you almost had to coax them or sit very still, right? Uh, but I mean, not debilitating at all, uh, not at all. And I think that's the zone thing because we did other things that night, so I just didn't know what to expect. But right. it seems like with mushrooms that when you do a certain activity or certain thing, it's like a different zone. So how I felt on mushrooms when I was walking through that park was a lot different than how I felt when we got home and we we're chilling in the living room, you know, just goofing around the house. And then especially when we started playing video games, we played Call of Duty Advanced Warfare and we played free for all. Let me tell you, we can play amazing on mushrooms. Well, that's what surprised me is it's weird. Again, it's a zone because when I sat down and I actually played, started playing the game with you. It was like this tunnel vision, like I was just right sucked into the game. And the other thing that I noticed is that I could, I could be, it was like slow motion, but it wasn't. Like I was so focused that I could control where I was going and see where I was going, but I could totally look off my peripheral and focus on different spots. Right. Fairly quickly, on the screen fairly quickly and have that much extra time to like shoot at people and all that shit. So I was doing really good. Which as you know, as a gamer, you can when you're looking at the screen you can already see 
the peripheral. But being able to, on our 65-inch television, <laughs> be able to see the entire screen <laughs> because you are doing mushrooms is amazing. Well, and like I said, it's yeah, you can see the entire screen all the time but it's for me it's hard for me to focus on a different that's what area. i mean focus yeah. on the entire screen right and so i found that to be very exciting mm -hmm. and actually i think i would enjoy just about any game at all right on mushrooms yeah so that was weird but it was a different zone and i was very coordinated i was very focused my performance was raised mm -hmm. but then you know coming out of the game you know say i was going to the bathroom or going to get some food or something like as soon as I started walking, it was right back into like that kind of tipsy mushroom mode where right. you're kind of vulnerable and you're kind of aware of every single thing that's going on. But, and then, you know, like when I went to the bathroom, the whole mat was like growing and changing and stuff. So that, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, great at five and a half grams. I think that five, six grams is great for us for public. And I don't recommend that for anybody that's Newbies. new. Yeah set and setting is important but once you got control of your set and setting and like we talked about for us in our current situations we're fairly level we've dealt with a lot of our family issues that we've had to deal with with mm -hmm. kids and and stuff that we've had to go through and my past issues with alcohol and stuff all that's done mm -hmm. so we were in a great place for ourselves and it right i think it's such a great place that we're able to enjoy these extra stimulus yeah which is cool because i think now in the future we'll be able to experiment with those uh, lines further right. like six six and a quarter and see where our fences lie and we really don't get a lot of us time <laughs> no i know a lot of people don't like to hear our bantering at the beginning but you know it's it is we don't get a lot of us time and we uh when we do we like to enjoy it such as if we have to take mushrooms or yeah. get behind the mic so this is our us time is talking sure. with you guys and with our listeners yeah yeah and, and then mushrooms. taking some mushrooms <laughs> when we get some other free times or a date night you know which is very rarely but we try to do it as much as possible and as far as couples that take mushrooms out there any listeners that are couples uh you know i think it actually brings you together induced yeah no actually it was just, it was everything of, was great <laughs> it was a lot of giggling and honestly it was um i felt really energized i don't know about you but i was i did not feel like i walked around half of ashland and almost to the second duck pond and like there was a long walk yeah. we walked a lot and it except for having to pee all the time and all the bathrooms well, are closed past like getting dark in ashland two things stay hydrated <laughs> yes i really and any okay and i'm just gonna be up front any drugs you're gonna do pretty much just stay hydrated stay hydrated you always know, eat stay hydrated because you're gonna deplete all that shit mm -hmm. and well, I was staying hydrated and to flip. I think that a lot of people would agree with me that have taken mushrooms a few times. Peeing is part of the process. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a diuretic or what, but stay hydrated. Uh, I will tell you this. We did do capsules. Highly, highly recommend. Yes. Way yes. much more convenient. Way easier on the stomach. It is. I not so much and I didn't fiber. Have any, yeah. And I didn't have any number two bathroom trips. Right. Well, we wouldn't have been able to do that very easily. <laughs> so shout out to old Thor on that, Mr. Far Out, for helping us along that journey. Hell yeah. Uh, shout out to you, brother. I miss you. I don't know. You got it. The only thing I have to add to that, though, is just I'm going to finish with this is I did have some visions that I did on purpose. Yeah. He snuck off to go take a <laughs> quick shower and I said, don't turn the light off. <laughs> Guess what? 
30 minutes later, he was still in the shower and the light was off. Look, I'm a, I'm a beginner. I would say an intermediate psychonaut. Like I haven't pushed the big, big envelopes, but I've pushed moderate envelopes. And so I seek out some stimulation on these trips. And I knew at five and a half grams, I was going to have to really coax it. So I did. I jumped in the shower, got the lights all turned out, got in my little zone. I don't remember what I was doing at that time. Cool enough. I did not see geometry which is interesting. Generally, most of the time I'll see geometry or patterns, stuff like that. This time it was really like artwork and it was very like a sepia background. It was kind of like these uh, just generic colored backgrounds, you know, like black, gray, brown, and then this full color thing in the center. It was really weird, like almost like pendants or emblems or mm -hmm. something. And then I told you about that tree where it was like these roots was, of yeah. color that grew out on a like a plateau and grew down and then out and down and just, endlessly into this hole it was crazy oh, yeah <laughs> you missed out you missed out <laughs> anyway so that's our research plenty you know. more to come this summer we plan oh, yeah. on um doing some redwood trips and we're just going to do some adventuring uh we both established that doing it outside was very yes. very enjoyable yes and what better way than to get one with nature than to take some i agree something that comes from nature and go out and enjoy nature. Yeah, I agree. It, it was, and it really was, it was amazing. It yeah. was perfect. And I, now I don't have any reservations about certain things. Like I said, if you have some experience with mushrooms, I don't think you should be afraid under moderate doses to go experience hikes and trails and outdoors in a moving fashion. And trust me, I ran down those stairs at the end. So yeah, there was no, there like, was no like stumbling, uncoordination. Yeah. Like I, I was just fine on five and a half grams. I wasn't like seeing shit coming out of lights and, but everything was very, very vibrant. And you were definitely in a different mindset. Like I was zone. definitely yeah. in a like the staircase just, it looked like it kept spiraling down, even though honestly, it really didn't go down that far. Right. It only went down like three levels, but it looked like it went down forever. So it looked like the rabbit hole. So it's like, you go down there, you're like, oh God, where are we going? Yeah. And then it just ended up right by my car. So it was really convenient. <laughs> it was, and it was, <laughs> and just really good experience. So enjoy yourselves, try it outdoors, be safe about it, make it planned. And don't, go, for us, we're gonna say no, not over five and a half. No. Okay, and then especially if you're going to be out in nature and it is, you know, you got to walk around and, and you got to walk around. Yeah, um, I might want more visuals next time. Next time, yeah. a little bit more visual because sure. it wasn't quite enough for me. Right. I wanted a little bit Maybe more go to visual. Six grams, six and a quarter. Maybe at least while we're out, just because I want to see, I want to, I want to feel, you know, have color in the trees that's not really there. You know, maybe yep. that, but I don't want, I don't want to start imagining creatures or like seeing shit that's really not there that'll creep me out at the same time because I am going to be out in nature. I just want to be yeah. able to like all of a sudden sure. seeing red lights or red eyes staring at me. Well, again, again, don't be out in nature if you are, uh, if it's causing anxiety or if yeah. it would, and you'll know if you feel, I mean, as soon as you're out there and you, if you're getting, you know, get out of the situation you're in, if you start immediately feeling the anxiety, I didn't. Mm -mm, not so enough. I just kept going and yeah. I was surprised because I thought I may, but I just didn't. So had I felt anxiety, I would have reversed myself and went right back to whatever made me feel comfortable. Well, we even went into a bar so you could use the restroom for a minute and I bought a, ra right. a Red Bull, you know. Well, I'm staring at the wall, peeing all over the toilet. Oh, that explains what took you so long. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching all the screens trying to figure out what was happening on all, right. all of them. All right, well, there's our little research. I hope everybody's getting their own research done too as well. So. Yes. Good start, good start. Come to our level. So let's talk about the good stuff in news and we'll get right on. We have a great interview coming. I just wanted to start with this, man. Trump, you amaze me, brother. You amaze me. 
He's now says Trump talks cannabis on secret recording. He was heard saying that you lose some IQ points if you smoke the old reefer. So, so we know where this mean, is coming from. Does that from. mean you mean wait? So that means that you're dumber when you smoke cannabis. I think that indicates that. Yeah. Okay. I just had to ask. I just I. That's funny because uh, you know we're pretty fucking hardworking crew out there. Uh, the whole cannabis community we're that some, I know of. We're some good taxpayers. Yeah, we are. Well, on the flip side, we got Andrew Yang. Now, Andrew, I don't think is gonna win, but Yang, he's all for it. Like that meme I put it on IG. It's Yang is like throwing his hands in the air and he's just all about it. He's pushing for legal psilocybin for veterans now, which I think <laughs> is. Uh, but I think that's on point. That is on point. Let that make, really is. Let me make this clear. If anybody needs it first, it's going to be the elderly and the veterans yes. and, and the mentally ill patients that can benefit, whoever yes. that may be. I mean, this guy's cool. Yeah. And he, he goes on to talk about other other things he wants to do, too. Like I said, he wants to legalize <laughs> mushrooms. And then he talked about uh, ending federal cannabis prohibition. Of course, that's mm -hmm. a big one. And then pardoning people for incarceration for cannabis as well. He wanted to do that on 420, by the way. That would be cool. And then he's high, you know, high-fiving them on their way out of the jail is what he wants to do. Now, I mean, you know, <laughs> I told you this guy is ambitious. You know, he, Can I get a high-five if I get mine cleared? <laughs> Just because that would be cool to get a high-five from the president. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not surprised he's, he's not a bit more popular. Again, I don't get so deep into politics. I don't know the details, but it just surprised me. It seems like he'd be more popular. Uh, now, another, another Democratic presidential candidate, people forgive me for saying this wrong if I do. Tom, is it Steyer? Steyer? Steyer's is Steyer's. what it looks like to me. Okay. His new criminal justice reform plan includes legalizing marijuana, of course. He wants to decriminalize opioids and he wants to, you know, take care of the banking for cannabis businesses and in the crack powder cocaine sentencing disparity among other reforms. That's the disparity in the races. Make it even across all races for try charges. To even the, well, try to even the board a little bit. Let me, here's a quote. It says, Tom believes we must end the failed war on drugs based on the flawed idea that incarceration is the answer to addiction, which we know is bullshit. Federal and state elected officials passed severe sentencing laws that encouraged incarceration for low-level drug offenses. We know that. Unfortunately, the communities of color were and continue disproportionately affected and targeted by these laws, even when other ethnicities were committing the same drug crimes at the same rates. So now Austin, Texas, they are the city council um, wanted to vote down uh, cannabis to make it a low level crime or, or decriminalize it. Um, but on the flip side of that, uh, the police chief said marijuana arrests will continue in this city despite a unanimous city council vote. Good job, Texas. Yeah, I, he's a hard ass, I take it. Uh, apparently. I, I see, you know, it's Texas. It's probably the same dude that pulled over, uh, cashed out, <laughs> told him they had six probably. pounds. Probably. <laughs> What's the name of your band? Cashed Out? Yeah, you guys are getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> just the, That's a three-year sentence just for having that name here in Texas. Fucked. <laughs> the Louisiana Supreme Court is set to hear oral arguments on Monday in a case challenging a life sentence over selling $30 worth of marijuana. A life sentence, man, that is brutal. I, I can't That's believe awful. that stuff. For $30 worth? Man, we got $30 quarters at work. Or you could buy like $30 eight. Isn't that sad? It's sad. Yeah, that is really sad. I wonder, I hope it was quality stuff. Like if it wasn't, then poor guy. <laughs> Yes. The brown frown. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gets arrested for the brown frown. Under more studies, there's one that concluded, in addition to the symptomatic therapy of cancer patients, the anti-tumor effects of cannabinoids, whether in monotherapy or in combination with other cancer therapies, 
have promising potential in the treatment of cancer patients. And I like how they say cannabinoids here, not CBDs, because obviously there's some full spectrum shit going on here. Mm-hmm. Levi Strauss and company has developed an optimized method of making clothing out of hemp. That's fucking cool. I want my Levi's to be made out of hemp. Well, and apparently it's supposed to feel, I don't know if it's supposed to look, but I know it's supposed to feel like jean material. Yeah, yeah. it, it so. does. Remember my shirt? It, like I could see how they could make it very similar to jeans. I got remember my, my hemp shirt? I got my OG Kush Levi's on. Yeah, I have that um, Stony Sunday shirt. Old rapper Snoop Dogg visited a Massachusetts marijuana dispensary. We want to see a talent health club. I, I swear I would I would pee my pants. I would be so excited. You better be selling the shit out of them. Oh, I would. I'd be like, you need this, this, like this, this, and this. You don't have... Oh, you better go get some friends. <laughs> you need more than an ounce. <laughs> I like this. A study concluded that medical cannabis use may have an overall positive effect on maintaining sleep throughout the night, especially in chronic pain patients, but that you could build a tolerance. Well, of course. Mm -hmm. You build a tolerance With to pills, anything. too. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much of a tolerance because I think unlike pills, like pills, you just seems like you can keep going and going. Cannabis, it seems like you just. Yeah. Where it just doesn't get you. No, but if you like just you wait a few anymore. hours. Yeah. Just wait yeah. a few hours. <laughs> exactly. A study found that adolescents with any cannabis use history have significantly higher rates of major depressive disorder. And, you know, I was interested in that because they don't indicate here the higher rates of that disorder doesn't mean it comes from cannabis and right. that's the way it makes it sound. So yeah. I looked into it on this one and the highlights, let me just read the highlights of this study. It says depression is more prevalent among adolescents with cannabis use compared to never users. Well, maybe it's because they have the MDD in the first place that they're using cannabis, right? It's like saying people, people are twice as likely to use cannabis who are depressed. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like saying people that are twice as likely to use antidepressants because they're depressed right exactly it's the same thing it's like yeah of course because they're using it for depression so they're gonna be you see what i'm saying yeah exactly so i think that's funny so and it's not clear on this study is it is the depression first or is the is the cannabis first they don't say and that's important to to distinguish so if they're smoking cannabis first and then they get mdd okay maybe there's a correlation maybe not right but if they have the MDD and then they end up becoming cannabis users, then I don't see if that, you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't say here. It also says among cannabis users, higher frequency of use was associated with lower rates of depression. So if I'm correct in saying that they are using it for the depression, mm -hmm. which gives them those numbers, and then it's working with the higher frequency use, that would lead to that right there. Right. So, and then it finishes off, and I asked you about this before we started, consistent with prior research, female sex, past year alcohol use, and illicit drug use other than cannabis were associated with depression. So again, it, it did say before we ask, before you say anything, it did say uh, that all this other stuff, alcohol, illicit drugs, obviously whatever female sex means, uh, was associated with the depression, not cannabis. So does that mean only sex with females? I don't know what does that mean females zap you of your is there one person out there I, I don't know if that means like is this <laughs> like you would like you had said is it female sex are we talking about people having female sex and that makes people depressed <laughs> we suck your serotonins <laughs> 
is it female and female? I don't know what they mean. Do they mean female actual as an is a sex gender? It's very unclear here. Yeah. <laughs> Way out. I'll, I'll mention this Springfield, Illinois. So they had just passed, right? And they're the ones that right. have the high tax. Okay. So the city council approved the state's first marijuana social consumption area. Nice. Yeah. I got to give you guys props. Because so, we don't even have that and we've been legal for right, five years. Exactly. So good job, Illinois. I mean, I know I give you shit for the taxes and okay, I know you guys are hating it, but damn, places, good job. Two places in Oregon that do. That's Portland, which actually I've heard that the Northwest Cannabis Club have, has been getting some problems, unfortunately. They're just being watched closely. But then there's also Bend, which is Pacific Circle. So there's two places in Oregon, that's it. But five plus years and that's all we got is two. Yep, yep, yep. Good job, Illinois. All right, so we sat down with Justin Jenkins from Eminence Concentrates and we did have the whole crew here from Eminence. They sat down, we talked, we had a great time. Uh, they're actually coming out late March, so look for them. They've got some great water hash. They, they're making all kinds of stuff. They got some cold press, they got some, some rosin, they got all that stuff coming out. So look for them at the end of March. But Justin sits down and we talk everything, concentrates, even extracts talk about co2 we talk about bho we talk about some science some tech uh, different kinds of methods even some old school like home methods we talk about some educational stuff and uh, we also throw in some entertainment we he throws out a story about how he got into this shit and it was pretty dangerous uh, a bit explosive bit ex well no good good <laughs> good try it, thankfully not explosive oh, but good. definitely has the law involved so oh yeah. shit <laughs> Anyway, I hope you all had a good week. I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, Oregon love. Oregon love. Stay rooted. A grower since being a teenager, Justin has been active in the industry for 13 years now, quite a long time, and currently works at Eminence Concentrates. He's a process manager overseeing, man, I'm telling you, some really good material. Uh, you got some stuff coming through that's just the colors, smells. It's all fire, man. It is. So let's talk about that. Let's go way back and let's talk about the, that awesome story you told me about <laughs> how you actually got into this, how you made it to Oregon. <laughs> you mean getting booted out of Minnesota? That's right. Ooh, that boot hurt. Uh, no, I was uh, going to Winona State University. Um, I had prior to signing up, I had already had an obsession with cannabis ever since I was younger. I was that kid that was always getting in trouble in dare class. So I found out that Winona uh, was one of the only schools that had an actual uh, normal uh, national organization for the reform of marijuana laws. Uh, a young girl named Sarah was running it at the time. Well, by the time I got to college, Sarah had left. She actually moved to uh, Washington, which left a gap uh, in actual leadership for normal, and they had shut it down. So I uh, right away started it back up again. And uh, started running it strong. <laughs> I basically came out swinging. Um, I tried to push the full ability of the uh, club through the college. That means that I was trying to get pun uh, funding from the college and trying to get uh, you know just serious bang from them for actually doing uh, anything, just operating T-shirts, you name it. Well, I got a lot of flack from that. The school, I found out that. Um, they had tried to block Sarah from doing anything. So she had just basically made normal just a bunch of people sitting on a couch. Well, I wasn't going to stand for that. So I right away started a petition drive. And then uh, they had the uh, freshman push, you know, for uh, registration for clubs. And I decided to make a giant batch of wake and bake brownies. 
basically just coffee grounds. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so I advertised this plate of wake and bake brownies and they, uh, they were a success. Like I had lines backed up, like coming to the table. Nice. I had two police officers come up and take brownies and put them in Ziploc baggies. <laughs> I'd, now this is Minnesota, right? This is Minnesota, said, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So I had administrators and everybody like you know asked me what's what's in it, and I was like, well, it's hemp flour, so that's why I, you know wake hemp wake and bake brownies, and it's coffee, and I baked them. They wake you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had one of the highest signups in college history. For okay. uh, freshman, I had 175 <laughs> members. Of course, you did <laughs> in one day, and uh, I I remained active. I uh, I basically to make our own funding. I started throwing concerts, uh, bluegrass, um, working with a lot of like semi-famous and pretty high up bluegrass bands uh, down at uh, some of the local bars. Uh, I got a chance to work with like some MTV famous comedians that we threw a big comedy show for. And uh, I turned that into giant, uh, I would stand on stage and I'd bring my petition with me. And I, everywhere I went, I had petition, you know, clipboard and I had people sign it and sign it and sign it. And once a month, after a few months, um, I was able to get a thousand signatures and I yeah. felt that was enough. You know, let's do this. So um, I kept up the, the petition and it kept expanding, but every month I would take the new signatures with the old signatures and deliver it to the police station. And I would tell them, you know, uh, in the letter was basically my proposal for making it uh, lowest priority. You know, um, it's up to you, the police, that you can you have the power to enforce or not enforce. And they didn't like that. <laughs> oh, they didn't like that. Not 13 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, the day I got raided, uh, we were having a small party at my house and uh Literally, it's just a bunch of young, honest, good, good college kids. You know, I wasn't a gun collector. I didn't have narcotics, nothing like that. It was just weed and a few beers, right? Um, the cops actually did the whole shave and a haircut knock on my door. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I start walking into the kitchen. I'm like, one second. And all of a sudden the door just slowly opens and it looked like something from Three Stooges. There's just heads lining both sides of the door with one cop hand on his pistol. Uh, holding a piece of paper. Oh shit! And I'm like, I just put my hands in the hair, and I was like, everything you're looking for is in the top drawer of my bedroom. There's a few <laughs> magazines in the closet, and I think I got a stack of High Times on the freaking dresser, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, they walk in, and uh, you know, they asked everybody else to leave. You know, proceeded to raid me. They they found uh, they kind of got me for a lot, uh, six grams. Oh uh, God! Yeah, you're gonna take over Minnesota with that. Yeah, quarter ounce. And then they uh, took an envelope with seven hundred fifty dollars for rent that said rent on it that was on my fridge and called it drug money. Drug money, yeah. And they took that from me. Um, took my life savings out of a little lockbox, you know. And and then they just walked out. They didn't even give me a copy of the warrant. Nothing. In wow. Fact, the last cop walking out actually left me two roaches. He said he he watched the other cops walk out the door and then all of a sudden he just walked backwards back into the living room. He looks at me, he's like, left a couple roaches for you. I know you're gonna need them. You know, and <laughs> that to me bad. was one of the biggest slaps in the face. Like, so what did you raid me for? Yeah. You know? But they said they did a controlled buy on me, which was hundred percent impossible. Yeah. You know? Um Is this something you fought or did you just let it just say fuck it and let it go through? 
there was nothing to fight. Yeah. They didn't leave me any paperwork. They right. didn't ticket me. They just walked out the door. Yeah. So it left me and my wife sitting there just in purgatory for like three months. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing in the mail, nothing at all. Right. Yeah. And then one day I'm sitting there next to my wife and uh, the phone rings and uh, I answer like, hello. And it's like, uh, this is uh, Officer Paul Gagnon of the uh, Winona Police Department. I'm here with the city prosecuting attorney. Hi, Justin. I'm like, well, what's going on? And uh, also the prosecuting attorney is like, you know, uh, here's what's going to happen. You're going to accept a small amount of marijuana. You're going to accept uh, attempted distribution, you know, not attempted distribution. It was um, small amount, uh, almost a felony of uh, paraphernalia. They took one pipe away. Basically, I was over a felony in the state of Minnesota with paraphernalia. Wow. Um, that was actually kind of one of the bigger charges paraphernalia that's such a joke oh they started charging people for bong water in minnesota it became a crime <laughs> they would weigh your bong oh my god you got one cup and you're already at like a half pound <laughs> yeah well um he said that basically you know um you know you're gonna accept these charges you're gonna accept uh, it was like 500 plus a few other dollars in fines you're not gonna attempt to get anything back that they confiscated from me sure and uh, then all of a sudden the officer butts in and is like, and we would want you to leave the state of, the city of Minnesota, the city of Winona. And, you know, we'd hope that you consider leaving Minnesota as well. Wow. Just said that straight to me over the phone. Shit. My wife started crying right away because I had it out. Basically, she had her ear, her ear up to it. And, and uh, it took me 30 days. We literally picked medford with a dart on a map basically oh ne cool never been here so you didn't have any intention like you didn't say organs gonna be wreck and we're gonna have all this no that okay. was 100 i it had to be a a, a medical state or, sure. or tempting legal state and back then 10 years ago you know m74 and all that was just kind of a glimmer in somebody's right. eye that was you know anthony johnson and then a few other people you know were involved in that um but you know it was the best decision the police ever made for me <laughs> <laughs> the government made a good decision at this time. <laughs> they did all right on that one. They did all right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and that's that, you know, not to expand into my whole story here, but that's one week after we, less than one week after we moved here, I went into a local bar and uh, that's where I bumped into Keith Manser, the owner of Oregon Cannabis Connection newspaper. And, you know, that's uh, me and him hit it off right away. I told him my story of being, you know, kicked out of Minnesota and came to the great state of uh, Oregon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, he hired me pretty much right away to be his associate editor, started off with the 2010 normal conference and the rest is history. It just been in the cannabis industry as heavy as possible since the day I moved in. And really, so when you got here, well, we probably weren't even talking about rec yet. Uh, I mean, no, it was still, it was still a, medical. Like I said, it was being, it was, it was being discussed. Luckily yeah. that was the best part about working with Keith and, uh, working with a newspaper is that, you know, we had a, a finger on the pulse. Yeah. You know, we, you know, Keith had extensive connections throughout the state and just being media, people will inevitably seek you out. You know, Oregon Cannabis Connection newspaper at the time was the only real cannabis periodical in the entire state, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, we self-distributed it. We printed like, I think we got it to like 30,000 copies. Yep. You know? Um, well, and it's still doing well, right? No, unfortunately, no. Keith did have to retire the magazine this okay. last year. Okay. But, uh, cause I was wondering about that. It's, it's now online, Oh, okay. uh, but the print part of it I, I, is, is down. Let's talk about what you're doing now. So you're working with eminence. Now you're a basically project manager you're overseeing this stuff. Uh, 
let's talk about concentrates in general. What are, what are you guys running right now? You're doing a lot of uh, hash. Water hash. Water yes. hash. Specifically okay. water hash. And I know that uh, although it's a bit of a, what do they call that, proprietary technology, but you guys got some secrets behind the door, being able to run some volume if it ever needs to be, right? We do. Um, they're not necessarily secrets. It's To me, it, it's like this. Every piece of paint, every paintbrush, every palette, you can already buy in an art store. Right. It does not mean you it's can pay, make together. a Picasso. Yeah, exactly. So Good point. It's uh, how we utilize our equipment, the technique and stuff, and some of the, you know, just being really delicate and absolutely keeping things cold. Uh, one of the neatest things is being able to work in an actual walk-in freezer and, and that alone. Have some space, yeah. Well, yeah, space and that alone just, it chills absolutely every tool oh, okay. we use. Oh, okay, sure. Everything, the water stays cold. Our ice does not melt. Sure. You know, our uh, our tank of water in there is chilled to like 35 to 40 degrees at all times. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, I think that lies, that that right there is where a lot of our, it's not necessarily the technique, but the technical technical part of it is, yeah. you know, separated, you know, that helps us. Sure. And then we use the technique itself to accelerate it and make it better. Right, right. When you're putting out some good material, now I saw this morning you had actually posted something about making hash bricks. Yeah, cold press, I call it. Yeah. It's the old school, uh, it's kind of like what they all, I don't know if you got how old, you know, most of your listeners are, but <laughs> you know, when I was younger, every once in a while, somebody would bring in like Moroccan blonde, or yeah, something yeah. and that's that is no heat press it's it's uh, a couple tons a few tons of pressure let it chill for a second uh it basically ruptures the heads and leaks a little bit of oil out but not a lot okay you know and uh you know the oxidization process does tick in those light those those bricks they do look white and light right now you wait a couple days and they're going to get dark on the outside but then when you break it open again it's going to be white oh okay and then if you turn your head for like 20 minutes and then look back at it where you broke it it's yeah. going to be dark again it's crazy i have seen that and it's, yeah. it's really weird it's almost like squeezing like a psychedelic mushroom and it just turns blue yeah real quick exactly. uh, it's really cool now people I've gotten mixed feelings from people like some people want to see it oxidized some people don't that's part of the cure i guess if you look at like original like Moroccan hash and you such. can't make everybody happy well I get that I get that uh <laughs> but is is there a benefit to that cure like like traditional hash it's been cured and it's dark and it's been here it is the, the best way to explain it is the decarboxylation um the oxidization of the cannabinoids itself um the more oxidized they are the more it's going to hit you uh in a heavier manner in a sense, mm -hmm. um, there's a different rate of decarboxylation when you're as smoking a lighter material, or if, you know, if you notice uh, actually smoking like live resin and stuff like that, you know, it's um, a different feeling than smoking old dark hash. <laughs> sure, you know, what I mean, it's more, you know, uh, that's that's because of the decarboxylation. Now, right. the, the dark also has oxidized terpenes and things like that. Now, now terpenes play a critical role and how your body reacts to cannabinoids and processes them through your endocannabinoid system. General rule of thumb is that, you know, the older terpenes I find lend credence to the whole, I don't know if you remember hearing the term when you were younger, but creeper buds. Sure. Uh, the older the material, the older and more oxidized the terpenes, the more they affect your, you know, system a little differently. 
And older terpenes don't create that initial terpene response in the body, which opens up capillaries and things like that as fast. So you, you take a few more hits than normal and you're not feeling anything 20 minutes later, you're just destroying the fridge, you know, Sure. as opposed to super high terp stuff. That's like a fresh frozen. Now those terpenes are going to hit you right away. Mm-hmm. That causes like you get that hot flash, you know, and yeah. like, Oh man, you know, you get that feeling sweaty. Yeah, exactly. I've tasted concentrates that are fresh right off. I mean, not, not right out of the, the, the the oven or anything but i've tasted concentrates that are a couple days old and you can taste that real that freshness even you know yeah. a month later like i'll taste fresh stuff off the shelf at a dispensary still nothing like fresh coming out of the the lab no uh so i mean it, it i would imagine it starts degrading fairly quickly yeah it's like we were talking about earlier um if you smell terps you're losing them yeah and if you smell terps that means that they're also oxidizing right you know, there's limited shelf life and it's, it's an evolving beast cannabis, you know, I, I swear it's like wine in this sense that, you know, you get that fresh bottle, that young bottle and you mm. get the more jammy sweet notes, you know, right. things like that. Now, if you age that wine over the course of a couple of years, it gets deep in flavors and it melds and you get the, the creams and the caramels in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, same with cannabis. You know, the, you got the idea that you, know, you you get it fresh and it does evolve over time, no matter how you store it, you know? So even if you put it in the fridge, will it, I well, mean, does that, it slow that down that, or? That, that, that prolongs it. Okay. You know, it does, it, it does slow it down. Um, I don't ever recommend keeping anything in the freezer. Okay. Um, the reason I say that is because of two things, especially bud. Two bad things happen when you keep it in the freezer. Any moisture that was in that will continue to crystallize. Now, crystallize will cause rupturing of your cellular walls that, you know, even though they're dried little husks of cellular walls, yeah. it will fracture them. Now, make your bud brittle and all that and fall apart into fart dust. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that uh, there's a process called sublimation that happens at frozen temperatures. Now, sublimation, your smells are still evaporating in the freezer. Now, the higher terpene content you have, if you notice something, um, it stays, you can rub it. Like you could be in the freezer for days and you look at it and you open a little jar of your fresh frozen or something and it still looks kind of wet. Yeah, that's because terpenes are similar to an alcohol. They don't freeze at the same temperatures. You know, you got to go much colder. Sure, sure. So they still have the ability to sublimate out of the freezer itself, and you can lose your terpenes by putting in the freezer. Interesting. Um, in fact, at a high rate. I mean, there's a process of freeze drying, and that is actual just vacuum sublimation. You know. Well, so it, I mean freeze drying we're able to cure and get the product done quicker without oxidization it's so nice so but that's what separates the freeze drying is really essentially a different key yes yeah it's a different process than just throwing it in the the damn freezer it's long yeah that's you know we are creating an environment with no atmosphere in the vacuum of freeze dryer um but it is similar because what it is is your your the bottom of the freezer, believe it or not, if you laser took a laser to it, it's warmer than the upper atmosphere where the chiller is coming in. So that in itself causes 
it to be a little warmer with a difference of frozen on top. Now it's the same aspect, but you know, much, much colder and much, much warmer. The uh, heated shells inside of a freeze dryer accelerate the sublimation by warming it up allowing a little bit of evaporation of your moisture and then it freezes to the walls of the freeze dryer. Now this is the vac assisted by vacuum, the vacuum desiccation, you know. Um, I, I think it's essential. Uh, you know, oxidization is not my friend. I don't like it. Yeah. I, um, you know, there's a very good bubble hash artist out there, uh, Frenchy Cannoli. He, he heats a lot of his stuff and he uses, he's famous for his water bottle tech. Um, to me that, that there's still a place for that. And there are some delicious flavors you can get off the oxidized terpenes and the conversion of your THCA to actual THC Delta nine. Um, it, it, that's where you get your real old school hash flavor, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the sandalwoods and all this other, you know, very deep woodsy and incensey flavors. Now that's oxidized terpenes or as he puts it, hashanin, you know, <laughs> you did that well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, so there is a place for that. It's just not what I like. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, not trying to tell viewers what to like or, or anything like that, or, you know, it's never my place. It's, you know, part of my language, my wife and I, when we used to be distributing glass, we'd always pick the ugliest pipe and be like, no one's going to buy that. Well, every time somebody bought it. <laughs> so we came up with this idea is like, our taste is for shit. Like it does not matter, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, so but I, I tend to find and that a more people enjoy the natural flower flavor, you know, and that's that's the point of bringing out the uh, freeze dry and all that. We could dry all this on cardboard or paper, or, you know, we could air dry it, um, but that lends to oxidization. Yeah. You also risk molds and things like that, which we really don't want, you know? No, it seems like freeze drying has become kind of the, the way to do it. How does it cure in 24 hours? Like I said, it's process of sublimation. That's it, crazy. It removes the water uh, in 24 hours as opposed to three days or four days. Some people argue that you need time to have that cure process. Like there's some biology and some there's some microbes or whatever that are interacting. No, in you the need plant. time to grow it. We want to get it out of the plant as fast <laughs> okay. as possible. Okay. You know, like I said, oxidization is not my friend yeah. personally. Does you know? yeah, sure. Does it? keep an accurate profile on the terpenes to freeze dry well um or even a more accurate maybe i i believe 100 percent yes i i do like i said going back to that oxidization yeah the more you oxidize your terpenes you're going to evolve the flavor yeah so what we're trying to do is literally lock it in place for as long as possible and that that super fast zero oxygen environment under vacuum is the best way to sure. lock in those flavors that you start with yeah, absolutely. Now, I've noticed that with some concentrates, well, you guys are putting out, before I get into that, you guys are putting out those hash bricks. You're going to make like gram yep. chunks and put those out. Yes, sir. What are people doing with that? Are they just like lining blunts and. and Faller, as far as I know, they're boofing it too. I have no idea. <laughs> There is a market for it. Though. There is a market for that. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's a bowl topper. Uh, sure that's that's its whole specific purpose yeah to be honest it's just to you know you you know sweeten up your bowl make sure. it a little better a little stronger you know we have different products for how you want to consume it you know you know not that i'm trying to tell everybody how to consume their shit yeah but 
you know, the old school hashes because of the fact that the trichome, the husk is intact and the whole trichome is still there. We're just leaked the oil out of the heads. It tends to leave carbon behind. Yeah. So you don't want to dab that now say like a rosin or something like that. We are squeezing and extruding the oil out of it. And that is completely dabbable and delicious by the way. Right. And it uh, seems to be the preferred method right now. It, it is, you know, like I said, there's a market for everything though. Yeah. Um, I, I would not develop an entire company based on pressed hash, mm -hmm. you know, that, but if you don't offer it, you'll never have that part of the market. Sure. And, and that seems to be like the, well, I guess an opinion is just the elite part of it. People say it's the cleanest. People say it's the best. It's, yeah. They like to claim it's not, you know, it's solventless. But I'm um, biased and we're not here to talk about my biases, though. But <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I just don't want to. There's markets for every yeah. form and it's there's a kitsch kind of idea behind it, too. You know, the I I mean, I walk into a shop, you know, say I'm just, you know, average Joe. I walk in. I see the same things every single time. Right. Yep. You know, I see the uh, the waxes and the fresh frozens and I see the flour. I see the blunts and the joints, whatever. Right. And every once in a while I pop in and like old school hash. You, you're goddamn right. I'm going to buy a gram <laughs> just to test it out. Try Check it, it out. out. Yeah. Now, like, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to go back and grab it again, but the novelty of the idea is what I'm shooting for. I want to create novelty products. The product, the idea of like, you know, I'm not going to jam hash down your throat every dang day. But I want people to have that that memory brought back to them again from yeah. you know the eighties and the nineties. Mm. You know, uh, it's some of my greatest nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was like a banger day when we used to find like you know when we were on the hunt for flour in Minnesota and somebody all of a sudden calls you up and be like, bro, I got hash. I'm like, that was yes, you know. Yeah. I I've I've evolved from that. And I've moved from that. I you know we've hit the era of uh, cannabis oils and extracts. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I truly love them myself. But like I said, I'm not going to I I know that there are people out there that would just love a chance to try some old school hash again. Oh, sure. You oh, know? sure. Well, I, I noticed that it, a lot of the older generations, uh, you know, talking with THC, the, the people there, um, a lot of older people like to come in and request it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know. Uh, that that was in my time, man. Yeah. The only thing I had, the only thing I had trouble with hash is it seemed to be a little bit uh, not harsher. It just seemed to be a little bit more irritating on the on the lungs. There is the uh, that's that that is because of the carbon sure. from the cellulosic fiber that's still left behind yeah. with the uh, trichome. That it's it's an accepted thing, you know. Yeah. And I, I hate to say this too. I'm not this. I, I I can't even name a single company, anyways. But one of the things is. There seems to be a tendency and a propensity for companies to not use their best stuff to make pressed hash. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I think us actually taking a better quality and pressing it, I think is also unique in the industry in mm -hmm. a sense. Yeah. You know, because I, I just want to have a pleasurable experience for people, you know, and that's that's the main goal. Now, if they're not getting a good product if they're getting just like they try and like this doesn't remind me of my youth this reminds me of a dumpster fire yeah. you know that's yeah. not a good thing they're, yeah. they're definitely not coming back mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. but uh so we do put our best foot forward on, on a lot of this stuff you know what i mean we're not yeah. 
you know, garbage in, garbage out. We don't like that. Right, 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 right. Well, and hash being, it's, well, making, say, the rosin, it's laborious and it's uh, your, your, um, final product the volume isn't quite as high as some other processes so no. there's higher value there um and let's talk about other processes so have you dealt with say um uh, either co2 or butane extraction anything like that i have not dealt with co2 i've studied it extensively but butane and uh propane standard hydrocarbon extraction uh, i've been I've been busting it out actually since the 90s. <laughs> oh, wow. So we're talking backyard yeah. banging, huh? <laughs> oh, God. My favorite was uh, taking a pop bottle like this and just stabbing, uh, taking a needle and stabbing the bottom like hundreds of times, like taking a lighter and a pair of pliers and heating and push, 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 and then just taking and rubber banding a uh, cup of coffee filters. And I was. Oh, my God. And you were doing it in plastic? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh my God! See these <laughs> these pussies buying or dying off vape cartridges, man. And we're hey, smoking. It only plastic. got you higher. It only got you. Oh higher. yeah, BPA is great. Ooh, bisphenol. <laughs> it's got that zest. <laughs> is that what was causing all the headaches? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I think then people moved up to PVC. I think that was popular mm. for a while. You get that little eye twitch going when you ever hit. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the brain cells popping, is it? <laughs> uh, that's cool. Well, I, you know, I, same way, I think a lot of us that blast have been blasting for a while. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky. You know, um, I was the board of directors president for the greenery in Ashland about nine years ago. Uh, that was an amazing opportunity to work with a hugely amazing, if I say amazing one more time, reach over and slap me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just a great group of people that were super smart bunch of implants coming in from california um one of the first things we did is uh buy a tamesium extractor you know and uh guy jeffrey a good friend of mine you know he he just beat that thing to death man that was some of the first closed loop or it wasn't closed loop i should say it was Close to closed. controlled open blasting <laughs> is uh hey, that's okay I, I was there too it was stainless it was yeah. clean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One step closer. And we only did it inside of a freezer inside a room. Oh. <laughs> oh, you guys are ballsy. The Wild West. No shit. I'm surprised you're still here. I'm surprised I ain't got chicken skin covering half my face. <laughs> That's like... what I mean. Holy hell. Have I told you about my fire purge method? <laughs> <laughs> it works quick. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those stories are fun. They can be tragic. And it also gave BHO a bad name coming out the gate. I, it really did. I was, um, see, I, I was lucky enough. I did take a lot of science. You know, I was environmental science major in college before they gave me the big old boot. Um, and forensic science and uh, chemistry. And so I have a background a little bit, you know, of knowledge and understanding. And... Uh, you know, it's, it was, I was one of the very vocal people in the beginning, especially since I was given a platform with Cannabis Connection and then my old radio show, Rogue Cannabis Radio, you know, so I was early on, like a decade ago, writing articles on the benefits of hash oil and how it actually is much safer than you perceive. Right. People were calling it poison and all this stuff. I'm like, just knowing what I knew and how many industries, like your cooking oil is extracted from corn and stuff with hexane and, you know, knowing that butane was a common extractant and how you have higher amounts of butane if you use PAM cooking spray or anything like that than you would 
actually smoking just as soon as the butane evaporates, if you take a dab and it sizzle, frizzle, fries, pops and blips, right. you know, you're not poisoning yourself. No. You're just not. Right. You know, and and I always point at people and I was like, come on, man. You ever sat there and watched some dude huffing a bag full of this shit in an alleyway? Yeah, he didn't die. No. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's what's called a suffocant. You know, it, it takes the place of oxygen in your bloodstream. It's not necessarily toxic in that sense. It has a high, high LD50. You know, so I tried explaining that for a long time to people. And I was, like I said, I was one of the very first vocal ones that was really pushing it on an open platform that, you know, it's safe. It's good. You know, it preserves your flavonoids, your terpenoids in a much higher way and fashion than any other form, you know, and you want to know what's bad is like alcohol can be toxic too. And not everybody wants alcohol. And what they, a lot of people were like, oh, you should just use alcohol and stuff like this. Well, true. And I did used to do a lot of quick shake ethanols, but I find that the actual because of its higher boiling point that matches close to your terpenes, your terpenes are gone. Mm -hmm. And so the preservation of the terpenes itself is like, as we were talking about just a few minutes ago, it's tantamount to the high. It's what gives you that initial kick in the pants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So preserving those, I found specifically the best way was hydrocarbon extraction. Um, now, as far as the CO2, I don't like CO2. You know, here's the deal. I have to say this, and I'm probably going to receive a handful of emails about how stupid I am, but <laughs> I I like uh, CO2 carts. Um, not all of them. Don't get me wrong. Some are fake as hell, but I do like CO2 carts, and I do like uh, CO2 FICO, CO2 oil, because uh, it doesn't, it's not like RSO. It's got much better flavors, um, and, uh, and it works as well is RSO for me. I, I, but so I dabble in CO2 in those two spots, but for anything else, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, go ahead. What's your feeling on it? Uh, well, okay. So I should, I should restart saying I don't, I just don't like CO2 because it's not selective as people want it to be. The technology is catching up though. So don't get me wrong. All right, there's definitely been huge advances in, in CO2 technology. Uh, separating your terp fraction, removing your waxes and a few other things like that, less tannins because we're able to variate the pressures, you know, in it, things like that. That's cool, you know, and it's definitely catching up. But, but, um, cannabinoids are weird, you know what I mean? They don't like immense pressures or anything like that. You can actually, I just don't see... I'll put it this way. My favorite thing for CO2 was crude because it made amazing distillate. Yeah. But right. that's it. That's <laughs> the, the terpene fraction. I, have you ever breathed in a part of a soda bottle after you're done drinking it? Yeah. It almost takes your breath away. Yeah. I get hints of that when I smoke. I see. I'm, I'm biased. Yeah. No, I know. Sorry. No, it happens. It happens. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to mention too, one of my least favorites actually is propane. Oh, that shit. See, I don't I don't see why people like it. I, I do. <laughs> there you go. From a production standpoint. OK. Okay. <laughs> um, OK. See, there's a reason why we use a triple mix. You know, there's the you know, I'll get into that in a second. But the, the reason I do like propane is I, I was very lucky to uh, I helped, you know, start in the beginning uh, emerald extracts, you know, and for the longest time, for over a year, we ran almost entirely pretty much 100 percent propane. As a worker in the industry and as like a person that 
you know, didn't make money off of it, it is a godsend. Um, your purge time is dramatically lower uh, in, in a vacuum oven. Therefore, your actual thoroughput of material in that business is dramatically higher. As opposed to three days, we were purging down to less than 500 ppm in six hours, you know. So there in live, that's right, awesome. That's huge. Yeah, you know that's huge. Is that why it comes out looking all crumbly and bubbly and cookie like? That's from really bad people. Is but. that? No wonder I don't like <laughs> propane. <laughs> I can show you propane that look that you won't even be able to tell the difference. Okay. Except for you can Pepsi challenge some stuff, and over time you'll start to understand where the nuances of the propane come in. But a lot of it is system. Uh, it doesn't react the same. So specific systems that utilize propane, you know, has much higher pressure. It's uh, up to 250 psi resting temperature as opposed to around 100 psi or so, you know, at standard resting temperature. You know, um, so it can. If you don't get the pressure up, if you so like I said, you know, cannabinoids react different with pressure. Um, you start to, I, I, I have no science to back this. So this is, you know, this, this right here, I, I have a hard time wanting to say it, but I personally believe that the higher the pressure you go, something happens to the terpenes themselves and they alter. Now, if you can maintain cold injection, cold run, all this with standard propane, you do start to get better flavors, you know, and, and you run fresh material and not dark old material and you will still have color that you really can't you know like i said it takes practice to know what is actually ran with propane now that being said there is a reason why we as an industry have gone towards a triple mix and that's usually like uh you know 30 30 uh of like 40 30 30 mix somewhere around there sometimes people go down now what that is isobutane N-butane and propane. Now, the N-butane and the isopro, uh, isobutane, uh, what those do is they pick up a lot more of your terpenes. You get a, a wide variety, but they don't get the absolute highest of your terpenes, your, your most volatile ones. The propane does. What about CO2? Does it? Because a lot of people claim CO2 is full spectrum, you know, the way better than other. Things. I got a bridge I could sell you. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so full spectrum you think comes best out of BHO. I just think quote it's, unquote full spectrum. It's the most accurate okay. to what is in the plant. Okay. You'll notice something that really, really good rosin and really, really good BHO triple mix run are very similar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've noticed that terp wise, it seems to me they are. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, strength. And That's such. because the the triple mixes and you know the at least a double mix. The, the, the number one thing about the propane, like I said, is it it helps pull a lot of the higher notes, but it's also used as a pressure creator, and so it, it increases the speed of the run and takes off about one day of the purge time. So that's why a lot of people are going towards that triple mix. And like I said, it helps pull the full rainbow of flavors available, flavors and flavonoids and the terpen, terpenes and terpenoids from the material itself. And so that to me makes the most realistic, true to form extract of what the heck it came from, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Now, why do people hate on propane so much then? I mean, you don't see it around as- Because it sucks to cook with. It, okay. I'm a charcoal man. 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, you got me on that well, one. That boy ain't right. <laughs> Six o'clock in the morning. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, no, seriously, though. Why uh, Why do you think people not, you don't, it doesn't get talked about a lot. You don't see people bragging about it. You don't see it tweeted or IG'd very often. <laughs> Have you smelt this stuff? Yeah. It's, That's what people think. Uh, see, it's, those are methamorcapins. Yeah but they're not available in the stuff that we use for extraction, okay? Right. Um, but it to me, it's always had this dirty smell and name. People are like, oh, it's like, I don't know if that's 100% of it, but I do think that it just gets a bad name. And like I said, when you run it wrong, you end up with crap. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, you end up with crap. It's finicky. The number one thing is, is that people, a lot of times they get that giant muffin you know, from propane when they pull it out. It's like this giant foam. Is that what turns into a cookie? All that foamy People looking? People don't go through the necessary process, you know? Here's a little tip and trick for you guys if anybody's running propane out there. Hit it hot right out the bat. Put it, take that muffin, put it in a pan, heat it to about 140 degrees until it melts. As soon as it's melted, pull, or 120 degrees, I would say, actually. As soon as it's melted, pour that onto your sheets and continue your purge. Now what you're going to end up with is an actual shatter. Okay. An actual, you know, pull and pop shatter. Style. Yeah. Now that's one thing, you know, the other is, uh, you know, watch your pressures, watch your pressures. The moment you're getting over like a hundred PSI or so, like I said, I feel like it alters some things, you know? Uh, the other is cold, keep it cold, 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 cold. The warm, warm propane is very nonpolar. Basically, and not very nonpolar. It starts chemical nonpolar. That's it starts pulling a lot of things. It becomes uh, a, a super solvent in a sense. You heat it, and you've got everything coming right. with it. You yeah, know? I got you. So you know, keep it cold. Hit it hot right off the bat with that muffin. Melt it down. Pour it out, and you got something that is actually, you know, it's good. High quality, yeah. High quality and done yeah. faster. There's this, but not new, but this HTSFE. High terpene full spectrum extract. Absolutely. Now, there's some speculation that that might be the next trend. I don't know. It's, do always, you know, it's do, always been a trend. Yeah, yeah. Since since Wooks started forgetting about the jar pour off that they did and uh -huh. the terpene separated out and we've had the first instances of like holy water, you know, from like a decade or so ago, you know, it's always been and I, I honestly, like I said, everything goes through waves and there's always a niche. And I think to me, it's not the beginning of a, a trend. I think it's just here to stay and it's the best it gets. Speaking from a chemistry standpoint, uh, there's really not anything else we can head towards, right? I well, mean, we're already pretty much applying most of chemistry to cannabis now, no, right? We're not. No, okay. No. What are we missing? Molecular manipulation. Um, so is that like pharmaceutical shit? Yes. Okay. See, the thing that a lot of people realize is that we've only experienced in the last five years actual true medical testing on cannabis, or at least experimentation, um, five, maybe seven years. Uh, the federal government has never really allowed any form of uh, experimentation, especially in college or, or medical settings. Just illegal, mm -hmm. you know? And so... Most of our information that we've had from the past was actually either deeply flawed, um, non-accredited studies, and had no peer review. So it was dubious. 
now that we're actually able to start testing it, see, that's, that's, that's my, my, my baby is that I've loved for years is distillation. Okay. I love molecular separation. I, 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 I don't know why to me, the actual distillation of the cannabinoids itself is really just cool. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted the idea what I nicknamed and dubbed cannabinoid a la carte, you know, and <laughs> so <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what it, what the idea behind that is, is like, I want to be able to reproduce every cannabinoid in a setting. All right. Now, some cannabinoids went on their own, degrade and oxidize like fast. Great. Yeah. So you can't really have a true isolate of it. Um, but if done fast and done according with uh, gentle manipulation, we can create the same, you know, cross section that's existent in some flowers that will never touch again. You know, there's there's a genuine genuine idea that I find with a lot of medical people that they'll find that one thing that just helped them. You know, that one plant or whatever. I don't know if that's mental or what. I suspect <laughs> some of it is. Yeah. But you cannot deny that there's so much personal soliloquy out there that states that they find this one plant or whatever and it helps them so much. Well, now, what if we could get that genetic fingerprint? What if we could get that fingerprint of the cannabinoid levels and the terpene levels? Now, what if we reproduce that? You know, so you can ha walk out of a store or like a medical facility with uh, an actual with the terpenes, you know, not just your six terpenes that we add into distillate. I'm talking like all 200 plus terpenes, you know. It, to me, the terpenes especially need to be reproduced. We we need to expand our terpene palette. Um, it's extremely difficult. Um, you got to think when you're looking at decimals of a percent of a terpene, when one has, when you know, say you got like 3% myrcene in something, but then there's all these other terpenes that are less like one, you know, 50 thousandth of a percent. But when you take them away, it loses something. It's flat. Well, so that's why that's that's hugely important. I think we need to start understanding that we got to get that full bouquet because of the entourage effect, which, you know, that's never been proven. But that I hate that term. I it's first time I use it, if you notice, <laughs> it is um, but common uh, one, though. it is a common one. Uh, but there is something to it. You know what I mean? But the cannabinoid a la carte, too, is that that once we get those terpenes and we can rebuild anything from the CBG, CBN, CBC, CBDA, C, you know, BGA, uh, THCV, you know, THCVV. And, you know, we also discover now THCP. I saw that. Oh, um, there's another one that not a lot of people know about called um, HHTC, um, which is uh hydrogenated cannabis oil which is really neat can you cook with it <laughs> sounds like <laughs> something in a bottle <laughs> well there's actually a machine called a hydrogenation unit that's a little scientific apparatus. eye uh it's pretty cool it actually compresses and pushes nitrogen into it and bonds it onto the molecule now uh hydrogenated cannabis oil you know don't tell your uh you know po this but uh it doesn't show up on oh, urine tests or shit. anything because it does not make the same metabolites because now the metabolite has a little hydrogen molecule attached to it. Got it. So they're not, they're not catching it. Yeah. There's a, there's a gentleman that owns the, the, the patenting and trademark. So you'll, you won't see a lot of it. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know why he doesn't advertise more. I, I don't want to bring his name up on this. I, um, I'll no, just fine. let him sit in quiet, but yeah. it's an amazing thing. 
Um, it's also apparently one and a half times stronger. Wow. Than standard THC. But then let's get back to this THCP. Yeah. Oh my God. Up to 12 times stronger. Right. It's, it's turning into the same strength as almost a THC acetate. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know if you, uh, you seventies guys, you know, you <laughs> might remember that the yeah. red oil a long time ago was a THC acetate and that's just basically acetone reflux with THC, you know, and a few other things, you know, I'm not going to explain the process on here, but, uh, that's, we're coming back to that though, you know, and you know, not to, not to pull back on my little rant right here, but the cannabinoid Alcard idea is basically so that things like the THCP and things like that can be recreated in a lab sure. and that we can produce any bouquet we want so that people can actually get the exact physical feeling that they want. Now are you talking about in like an oil form, what kind of form? It will be an oil. Okay. It okay. has to be an oil. You can't, you can't really genetically, I hate to say it, but every grower has their fingerprint and your cannabinoid levels and terpene levels are completely different per grower for the plant. Well, I mean, there's so many variables. There's environment, terroir, appellation, you know, what? Yeah. And, but I do often wonder though, with, with cannabis being like cannabis seems to have be one of the few plants in nature that has this huge range of terpenes. It does. Uh, and More I often want, plant. absolutely. And so I often wonder with genetic manipulation intent, uh, that you could make any terpene in nature through cannabis. I know that sounds far-fetched, but... No, that's actually not far-fetched at all. You know, it seems like you, you could. Um, but the, the the actual collection of it is what I really yeah, want. Yeah. Um, you know, terpenes are lucky. They're in a, you know, on, on the plant. They're very lucky. They're trapped inside a shell mixed in with a protective layer of oil. Right. So they don't... They don't get oxidized as fast as if we put in a lab setting, you know, you get your... You have your stuff that comes out in five thousandth of a gram, you know, and you put that one little tiny drop or a bunch of them into a jar. By the time you collect it enough, that jar now smells like crap because it's oxidized. Yeah. You know, um, the only way you can ever really do that is in a completely inert environment. And even nitrogen isn't inert. You know, that's a whole misnomer that people think nitrogen's inert. It's not inert. You know, argon and barium are inert, you know but that's highly expensive to fill a room and we'd probably kill a lot of scientists, you know? <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah. better than rats. No, I'm <laughs> um, We all seen what happens when you start experimenting on the scientists. Come on, man. I've watched movies. I don't want no big green guy running around no. getting shot at by tanks and getting more powerful. <laughs> right. So I think that's, have we covered all of them? I, I can't think, is there any other? Uh... There's really cool stuff happening um in the future of extracts in a sense you know we're i think that the peak honestly for quality of smokable and full spectrum is the the hydrocarbon but be beyond that when you start getting into the pharmaceutical style extraction where we're not really paying attention to the terpenes we don't care um there are really cool things one of the my my favorites now is like it's a hybridization almost of water uh hash but it's a hydrosol um steam extraction that uh, some people are working with that literally fractures off and, you know, pulls the oil with it. Interesting. Um, you know, you know, it, it destroys your terps and all that stuff. So it's, it's not going to be for an edible, but as far as a crude production, it, it's very pure, very clean and uh, really neat. I think, um, you know, and, and, and besides that there's, you know, CO2 
Oh, God, a CO2. Jesus Christ. I brought it up again. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> it's got a future. It's got a future. The technology is advancing fast with yeah. it. But um, basically, it's probably here to stay. It's not going nowhere. It's just probably not going to be a leader in the market. <laughs> no. It's it's for those that will never get past the idea of a hydrocarbon being involved in their extraction. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and a lot of people can't. I I often, you know, I, and I've done some research, you know, just the act of like, if you took a pipe and you're going to smoke a bowl, say a third of a gram to yourself, you know, you're going to use that lighter three or four times, probably. Thank you. Think about how much Thank butane you. you're is, getting in that hit. That was one <laughs> of the things I wrote about in an article in Cannabis Connection was uh, like, considering that you have a certain level of PPM produced by your lighter, you keep hitting and hitting and hitting it. And the actual combustion of some plant materials cre creates hydrocarbons that you're inhaling. Yeah. You know, like you want to. I always tell people, you know, it's it's one of these things where you just you you need to understand the science before you fear it. Sure. Well, and a lot of the fear comes from not understanding. But in my it's a double edged sword, yeah. it is. And in this is again an opinion, but in my opinion, it would seem to me that these concentrates, say uh, um, BHO, would seem to me would be one of the cleanest ways to get your cannabis because one, you're not combusting. Hopefully, you're keeping it a lower oh, temp. Oh my god! Uh, you know, uh, uh, vaporize, and then again, you're not getting the levels of PPMs from your lighter flicking four times just to smoke one little bowl. You know how hot a cherry is? Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. And so it's all that carcinogens hot. in there. Yeah. You're producing formaldehyde. Mm -hmm. You're producing aldehyde. You know, aldehydes are a common thing. I actually, when you do distillation, you're pulling a level off of your sugars and stuff and your aldehydes. You know, basically cooking that in a high temperature reflux apparatus called aka your bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you're actually producing a, a plethora of bad chemicals. You know what I mean? That's why I don't I don't choose to smoke flour very often. I find that, you know, I'm, at night I get wheezy and it tickles my lungs. You know what I mean? Um, and the fact that a dab, I'm taking a dab at like 400 to 500 degrees. Right. You know what I mean? I'm just at a vaporization point. I'm not at a combustion point. No. You know no, what I hopefully mean? Hopefully not. Now, some people do take it way too far. Ooh, those, that glowy squad. Oof. How they do that? Where you, you pull the torch away and you just you're right on it. Just no. I see people do that and I'm like, no, mm -mm, no. Mm -mm. I'm just no, watching two no. years of their life kind of float away. Uh, so you're only going to make it to 48 now. <laughs> we just watch him die inside a little bit, right there, guys. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Um, now I wanted to cover this real quick before we go. Uh, so I've done a little bit of research. There's not a lot of info out there about this, but. I've always had a hard time with people using full spectrum because people will say it's a full spectrum product when at, at, at worst case scenario, it's an isolate. And then at best case scenario, it's a full spectrum of say just the flower. Well, what so, is full spectrum? Exactly. Now, so with that said, there are monoterpenes and diterpenes that are found in the roots of a plant that are not found in any other part of the plant. Now, I don't know how those terpenes affect you because we're not smoking roots and stuff like that. I do know this though. I, Sarah and I buy bath bombs from a lady that makes these bombs out of the extract of the roots. And those bath bombs are way stronger than any THC bath bomb I've ever sat in. <laughs> um, so do you have any knowledge of that? Do you know anything? I Is could there... only make guesses. Okay. Um, 
I do know that just extracting flour though is not the full spectrum of, of no, it's not of terpenes in a plant. No, the one thing that I hate about full spectrum, especially uh, the idea of Simpson oil, especially, is it, it drives me nuts. Okay, if you want chlorophyll, go go get a chlorophyll supplement. If right. you want wheatgrass, yeah, go eat some wheatgrass. Yeah. If you want uh, high extreme fats and lipids, you know, go eat a spoon of butter or uh, some, some Crisco. Crisco, okay. <laughs> Because those are not helping the situation. We want to have the highest, purest form of extraction. Now, you can do that by cold temperature ethanol and stuff like that. Now, as far as what's in the actual, like the, the, the water leaves and the roots, I think really need to be studied. I really do. I think that the plant itself has a lot more information and things that we don't know yet, you know? I, I have heard for a long time people making extracts out of the roots. Um, I don't know if I want to smoke it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, the way that that works with bath bombs, you know, I'm, a, I'm kind of a big torn on how things cross the blood-brain barrier through your skin without a carrier hydrocarbon or something like that. It could and, be in my head, but man. Shit it's works. Pretty good. <laughs> it's probably the essential oil she adds to it. <laughs> All the terpenes from the oils. Yeah. She got some magical, some fairy shit it's in there. It's that chamomile. <laughs> could be. It could be. Well, I appreciate this, uh, Justin. Uh, this has been really, really informative. I, I always still have, you know, I've been smoking extracts since I knew that they existed and uh, still didn't know a lot of this stuff. So I appreciate it, man. Um, let's talk about MS real quick. You guys are working on product right now. I know you guys yes. are hustling down there and you're just putting out a bunch of good shit. So it, it will be on the shelf. We're semi lucky being in Oregon. There's, we're not the most, we're very controlling. The OLCC is, you know, you know, I, I, man, they will nip at your ass every freaking day. <laughs> but, but I don't think they're as prohibitive on the pricing and the taxing and stuff as other states sure. have, have shown. Oh God, them. Illinois and California are killers. Oh my God. That was amazing. Did, did you see those receipts coming out of Illinois when they first released it? Like, oh holy God. <laughs> at that point, I don't need cannabis in my life. Yeah. I'll grow my own. I mean, they're, they're literally is like, all right, we got the state tax. We got the local tax. We got the cannabis tax. Did you just breathe more than three times? Okay. That's a tax. Yeah. You know, some guy walks in is like red shirt. That's a tax. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, there's states can't look at this as like a cash cow because that stifles and you know, it basically makes people not even want to produce in your state. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to chase business out. Yep. Morgan is kind of, they're still in the high end, but not near as high as most other states. You know, and I, I do enjoy that a little bit. And I love, I'm kind of one of those people, you know, I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for this. I love controls in a sense from the government on the cannabis because Man, being in this for so long, the things that I saw sprayed on cannabis. Oh, man, I don't. The, the, the things I've seen people get away with doing and telling you straight up, looking you right in the eye and saying, this is 100% organic, man. You know, I love the testing requirement. That, I, to I me, is beautiful. You know, uh, we need to start 
testing for other things like sulfur and stuff like that i honestly believe in a few getting back to mold quit testing for mold and that's some bullshit in my opinion well the types of there's very very few molds that are actually toxic on cannabis yeah but i just don't i don't think it's the idea well not only that but i think that uh we have some sort of obligation to if we're just providing cannabis to only provide the cannabis not cannabis plus mold or cannabis plus anything really yeah. uh just an opinion i think but, that's just a free extra <laughs> it's a bonus high <laughs> it's part of the full spectrum <laughs> yeah like what spectrums are we talking about here? entourage mm-hmm. baby entourage <laughs> get that shroom effect well you can find eminence on ig that's at eminence yep um is it eminence cx cx okay so you can find them there on ig i believe you guys are on facebook as well well, and I do want to mention this. Um, I have had the, uh, I guess the uh, fortunate, uh, whatever. I've been blessed with the fact that I've been able to try a couple of Eminence's flavors. Now I'm going to tell you, man, that Jollohorn uh, mm. was fire. I like. I kind of like the, the Jollohorn's good. It was. Don't, don't get well, me wrong. I was. I was shocked because I'd never had a Jollohorn strain, so to speak. And when mm. I tried it, I was like, "Damn, that was good." I could barely pronounce it, let alone knew what it was before this. Right. Um, but explain there's a couple other ones that I had tried, which uh, my favorite was Mothership OG. Yes, that was good. That to me was oh my god, you know, <laughs> you want a moment of levity. <laughs> I <laughs> I was never really a rosin fan for a long time because every single rosin I had tasted like well just burnt. Mm-hmm. You know, as people squishing hot and uh, not having enough pressure. You know, and uh, after a long time of learning it and finally, you know, getting able to produce it myself, you know, after a while, I'm, I've kind of grown to really freaking enjoy it. When you do a cold, a colder temperature at higher press, you extrude uh, a beautiful bouquet of flavors from the, the, the bubble hash itself. And honestly, zero burnt flavor, it burns clean. I'm looking at a nail right now that's had so much rosin go through yeah. it. You can't even imagine. And that thing is still sparkly. Yeah, it is. So it's, you know, that that's that's pretty cool to me. You know, that's um, awesome. We've got some. Uh, oh, man. What are some flavors? Some blue lime pie that we're just going to. I tried through. that one, too, I think. Uh, yeah, that it, stuff's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, blue frost we've okay. got. The blue frost to me was that stuff. We uh, left a little bit out of just the powder straight out the freeze dryer and it melted into itself and melted out like by itself, room temperature, pretty much a full melt. And it was just, you can, you can. It's crazy when it does that. Yeah. You can dab the, the, the <laughs> actual straight out. Yeah. Like you don't even have to press that and you can no, dab it. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's awesome. That's great. And if you want to get a hold of Justin too, you're on Facebook, Justin Jenkins. Jenkins. Yep. You can look for him on Facebook. This guy's way knowledgeable. This guy knows his shit. He's been doing it for a while. And, you know, you spread a lot of that knowledge on your Facebook. I do. I'm a big believer in open source. I'm a book. I'm just open my pages and ask me anything. I, I'm not afraid to tell, like I said, bring it back all the way to the beginning. We were talking about every art store has every palette, paintbrush, pencil available for right. the entire public. It does not mean you're going to be able to produce a Picasso. That's right, man. You know, that's well so, said. So that's your uh, that's your quote <laughs> <laughs> quote of the day. Yep. But 
Yeah, so I, I just like, anybody can ask me anything. I'm a complete open book and I love answering questions for, for people. I, I'm constantly hit up every day, like from all over the globe, people wondering how do I do this better? How can I extract this better? How can I do a better distillate? Or what is this, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> all right, brother, thank you. I appreciate it, man. I've taken enough time to use, so uh, I will let you go, but I appreciate you sitting down with me, brother. Absolutely, thank you, Craig. All right, thank you, sir. <laughs>